Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. I love sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Oh, so much sports to talk about. So little time to do it. We better just jump right into this thing. Eddie Spaghetti is ready to roll behind the glass. And there he is from his manse, ruling over all the show business. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fellas? Hench, how are you doing? We can jump right into a World Series pick if you want. The world's our oyster. How are you, fella? Um, well, as you can imagine, I'm I'm pretty miserable. Um, you know, there there are losses and then there are losses, right? And mm. and when the worst offense in the NFL just marches up and down the field on your football team, you're what like, what the uh, hell? You're like, really? oh my god, uh, these guys these guys haven't been able to get a first down. They can't, you know, they they certainly can't compete on the road. And uh, our defense, the Patriots defense couldn't get off the field. I mean, it was so so this will lead right into uh, goat and goat. OK, OK, so, we can jump. We can jump right in okay. on that one. I want to float one out there for you be, based on what you just said. Monday Night Football, the Bears not defeating the Patriots in Foxborough, whipping them, shaming them, taking their taking their dignity from them. Parody. I've been bellyaching about parody since I have known you, Hench. Since the day I met you, I have I deemed it a scourge a long time ago when everybody thought it was cool. But isn't it nice for everybody to have a chance? No, it's meaningless then. Well, when when no result has any value because but that's that's pro football for you. Anyone can beat anybody. So then why don't we just skip the whole thing and just flip a coin and then we'll have more hours to do, I don't know, read books or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> well, it, it, it's supposed to be any given Sunday, not every given Sunday. Right. I, for real. <laughs> I, upsets have no value anymore. They're not, what's exciting? Is that great that, that, that no what upset is, the, the, that you can upset? rejoice? You know, the Patriots weren't defeated. They were depleted. They, they, it was, it was so grim, but so the irony, uh, was after the, the Patriots performances against the, the Lions and the Browns, like, like Cole Strange has been playing well, Thornton unleashed, like, okay, maybe this guy's a player. Like, I'm like, I'm going to have to do the, the, the big apology, uh, uh, with with Sheck and Spaghetti, because not only did I say the old man's lost it and that the texting the wrong Brian was just a sign that this guy's lost his mind completely. Um, but I also gave out Patriots under eight and a half wins to our mm-hmm. loyal listeners. I said, it's a lock. This roster sucks. This team sucks. Now I got to go on. I got to apologize. I got to remember he's the goat. He's the greatest coach in the history of professional sports. I'm going to just really have to fall on my sword and now, after Monday night, I'm like, oh no, no, I'm completely, I'm completely vindicated. This team, and so this, anything that involves coaching, you, the head coach has to eat, right? Those are your guys. That this is, these are all your decisions. And so Zappy comes off the bench, lightning strikes, touchdown, touchdown. It's a ball game again. You take the lead. And you've okay, so you've got two battering ram running backs. You've got a quarterback who's on fire. Now, again, because they don't want us to know 
who the moron is calling the plays. So we think it's Matt Patricia, but it might be Joe Judge. The play goes through Belichick's headset. I know you can't call a timeout every time you hear a stupid play go through your headset, but the Patriots are rolling. The The crowd is alive. The stadium is, is on fire. And somebody calls an RPO to Jacoby Myers, wide receiver, lined up beside Zappi. Um, it's fumble, fumbled handoff, bears recover, game's over. No, there was not a moment of momentum. All the air went out of the stadium. And Peyton Manning said it best on the Manning cast, just kind of like, Wow, how many times would Zappy and Myers have run that play in practice this week? Like he he uh, even if they were splitting reps, he wasn't getting first team reps. How many times do you even run this RPO with a wide receiver when you've got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson? Like so you're you're essentially running a a, a trap with number 16, like your wide receiver anyway Zappy undoubtedly had not made this handoff to him more than three times in the last month. And of course the ball's on the ground. And I'm like, it's an unforgivable, inexcusable, terrible play call that ended the game. So my goat, my bad goat of the week is Bill Belichick. Oh who, my God. Who, I can't believe it. The goat who, of the week is Belichick. decided that, that one of these two morons who has proven himself to be a completely inept head coach, as Spaghetti can can attest. So you've got Patricia and Judge. That brain trust is deciding which plays to run. And no surprise, the the, the ball's on the ground after the most insane RPO call. I, I, I just, there's no defense for it. And by the way, it would be my only question in the press conference. I don't want to hear, I don't care which one of your mediocre quarterback starts. If you have, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. That's, that's the age old rule right. in the NFL. That, so Patriots don't have a quarterback, but more importantly, who called this play? When that went through your headset, Bill, what were your thoughts? Did you think that's a good idea? That's a good idea. Let's hand the ball to Jacoby Myers. Anyway, so, so my. Well, okay. I think that's a, a, a fun one. Two, it seems as though you're recording this show in a diner somewhere. A lot of a lot of clinking plates and spoons in bowls hey, and Gigi, so on. So tone it down a little bit. This this is this this is important. This this one. <laughs> Gigi, please. He's telling us about why Belichick stinks. Um no, I'm not. I'm fine with it. She doesn't have to tone it oh, okay. down at all. I'm just. I'm just. I thought you were like ambiance. ambiance. As grandma, no, I like it. It's nice. That's, 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 what, that's what we want. Snack in the back. This show is like. Uh, yeah, we're sitting. At, you know, we're sitting at the bar up at the diner. You know, we're, hey, we're when you're here, you're family. Talking about football. That's it. Um, I like it. And by the way, you know, the Mount Rushmore of, of NFL coaches. I think offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada, is right up there with Bill Belichick. I liked him running uh, r- running shovel passes in a one score game in the fourth quarter to Zach Gentry. You have you have George Pickens and Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Pat Fryermuth and, and Zach Gentry is getting the touches. Hello, Gigi. How are you? She's as vexed as I am by it. We don't need to talk about that. I, I do I was, think I was just going back to that to your nightmare. We've really got dueling nightmares here with our uh, six, with our six and one spaghetti, just laughing at us. Six disgusting. and one, those G men. Um, but uh, 
I was trying to think. I was like, which team deserves to win less? The team with the quarterback who threw four passes into the chest of the defense or the team that dropped all four of those passes? Like, that's a tough one. Like, obviously, Tua did not deserve to win that game, but it's hard to say the guys that dropped every interception deserve to win the game. Like, an interesting question. Well, it's funny because while that is a talking point, what is, you know, I, I asked this to Spaghetti earlier in the week, and I am intrigued by your objective point of view. A rookie quarterback is judged sometimes pretty harshly, especially when you've only seen them play about two, two and a half games worth. Well, what's your opinion? Look at how, how should I feel from where you sit about Kenny Pickett? Because the reactions are so severe on the banks of the three rivers. I can't really make sense of what, a, by the way, where I've come down is what you want is Danny, what Danny Dimes is doing in 2022, but on an accelerated schedule. I think that that's kind of what he is, which is fine. That's, that's, that's a winning formula if he's on his rookie deal for the next few years here. But how say you? I mean, I would say, uh, uh, I would say, you know, too, too soon to draw big conclusions. The game doesn't seem too fast for him. Still, you know, still making uh, mistakes, obviously, here and there, as one will during the growing pains. Um, what's funny is, so Belichick ends up in this, in this vice, right? Where it's like, obviously the fans are going to have the recency bias and want, want Zappy to play until, until he stinks. But you know, your, your, your first round draft pick is ready to go. I mean, obviously Mac Jones took off running a couple of times. It was an ankle injury. Obviously he's fine. Um, but he still float, throws floaters into coverage. That's one thing that will never work in the NFL. And by the way, the pick he threw when, when Peyton was trying to explain cover three and you don't think that guy's going to be there, that, that safety could have started on the opposite bench and picked that pass off. It didn't matter where he started. The thing was in the air so long, he almost overran it. He had to jump and reach back. It was such a terrible throw. So, um, I would say the, the Steelers quarterback situation is certainly no worse than the Patriots quarterback situation. Mac Jones. Well, that's is, not very, that's, that's sorry. Not very good. Sorry. Trubisky's probably the best of the four. Um, but so, so, but to my go to the week, cause you just mentioned okay. it, my good go to the week. And I, I mean, I think I'm, I stole one of spaghetti's last week, but Daniel Jones. Okay. Right. This idea that Lamar Jackson is in line for this payday and like look at Daniel Jones's numbers, both passing and running like no one is saying like Daniel Jones, he's in line for a you know three hundred million dollar payday. It's like he's I, and by the way, Mark Andrews, all pro tight end Rashad Bateman, DuVernay, they're nice players. The Giants have garbage out there. Like conceivably, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Kenny Galladay could have been a real position group in the NFL. That was the idea. Let's let's have actual receivers. When you go down a box, a Giants box score, you're like, never heard of practice squad bum. Like it's crazy what Daniel Jones is doing with those guys. And then you know when he takes off. Like he has a second gear. Like he's, I mean, you see these quarterbacks slide one yard short of the first down. 
feel free to take a minor lick and get the first down. And Daniel Jones, like, I, I'm so taken with him right now. He's my go, good go to the week, doing what he's doing with those garbage receivers. And and my bad goat is the uh, is the is the old man in New England who doesn't doesn't know what he's doing. Well, lots of fun on both sides of things. Um, I you know, I, but it really is. I you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pee on the parade there for the for the gins. I don't think they're suddenly going to fall off a cliff or anything. I think they're going to get the double digit wins at least. Look at what they have left on their schedule. It's hard to make much of a case. And optimistically. As far as that goes, I keep pointing it out, but like Ojolari is still a couple weeks away from getting back. And what it, I mean, uh, Kadarius Tony, at least, maybe Galladay is, is a lost cause, but at least Kadarius Tony, right? Eddie Spaghetti, those are reasons for optimism. But here's the problem. What is, what is the, what the, the New York insiders? What is Dimes gonna bank? It with his second contract annually. I mean, it's not going to be a, a Mahomes, Dak, Josh Allen contract, but it's also not going to be $25 million a year either. And then that's going to impact the team. I, I mean, obviously, focus on the now and worry about the offseason in the offseason. But I do – is Danny Dimes, once he's making that level of bank, is that going to be good for the Giants, do you think, Spaghetti? I mean, I haven't really seen talk of the New York media about the future contract. I think this this giant season has been going so crazily and he's been playing so well that like this wasn't even thought about. It's not even been brought up yet. Um, the main stories are still like, you know, when will Tony be healthy and and uh, uh, Evan Neal now out for a few weeks with a, a sprained MCL. But I, I, I think like now he he's playing well enough to force himself into at least some kind of year deal or multi-year deal. Um, just to, to see if this could continue. And I you know I was touting this. I said that Kafka and Dayball in the past, like are just going to make him better. Dayball did this with Josh Allen, who was completing like 56, 58% of passes in his uh, early years in, in Buffalo. And uh, I've also been saying like offensive line matters, your weapons matter. And I know the Giants don't have weapons on the outside, but Saquon Barkley being as good as he has been this year has been a huge deal. And having, you know, Andrew Thomas to let the best left uh, tackle in the league. And it, it, all these things just, Stability is what's what's key, and I think as they get back, Tony, hopefully the, if the other hamstring heals up, they'll get him. I think they should be players of the trade deadline to bring in another receiver, a guy like DJ think Moore. About that. Think about that with Kadarius Tony. If yeah. he if he's even close to the the flashes he gave us in the rookie season, what if he's good with Saquon and the way that offense is rolling? That, I mean, then it's then you can kind of conjure a case in the NFC that they should at least get to the divisional round. They're not going to be the number one seed, probably. Maybe they are, but I, you know, and, and then you're in a weird spot of like the Flacco in 2012 thing of like, do we think that with more money being paid to that guy that this puts us in line to win the Super Bowl? And I don't know if it does. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be a cynic about it, but um, I guess that resolves itself in January by how he performs there. It'll be easy to pull the Band-Aid off if it's like, ooh. Danny Dimes against higher competition in the big spot didn't look so good. Okay, I guess we should move on. If you look at the improvement he's made under Dayball with all his receivers hurt, you've yeah. got to assume there's another level Dayball plus exactly. receivers. Exactly. 
that. And then also like, again, like I'm as, as big of a Justin Herbert fan as, as, as you could be, his stats are great this year, but he's a quarterback who's awesome and the team suffers. So it's like, there's not a perfect science of you need to get this type of quarterback in to succeed in the NFL. Again, this is what I said, last minus three, is like there, are, there are other ways to, to advance. And right now they're playing good team football because they're coached well and they have a pretty good foundation of young players. I I agree with you with some asterisks next to that spaghetti that there are clearly in 2022 so far different ways to skin the cat on the way to success. But my go to the week, and it comes with me saying the Jerry Orback when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Patrick Mahomes is just too good. And, you know, Andy Reid and the organization deserves credit for for, you know, again, changing the the fuel on the plane while it's in the air i mean the the tyree kill thing looks like it is going to work out for the chiefs over the long term they they more or less haven't skipped the beat i do still have some questions about the defense and let's see what they do um if they catch the Bengals in january um but still patrick Mahomes is rolling and so i was wrong and really therefore i should be the go to the week for having for being a man of the highest honor who's willing to admit that he was wrong my go to the week though i already mentioned parody and it sucks and the all-time goat of the week is just because they make football no fun was the belichick and brady dynasty because it just was joyless and and you know boston fans pretended that they had a great time but they understood that it wasn't that much fun that there was something gross about the way that all went but they were great because they were the evil empire and they made parody seem like not a factor but now that we don't have an evil empire it all just feels like coin flips but what really bugs me now is these days I don't like I don't like seeing my fellow human beings laying on a football field or otherwise with their eyes rolling in the back of their head and the fencing hands or I don't like it when when a limb breaks and it, and it goes in a direction that doesn't look right um, all that stuff I find it nauseating um, on face but why must this be another opportunity for the residents of Mount Pius to get one over yeah at the, it doesn't require your statement. Every time somebody gets hurt, I don't need to look on Twitter and see the prayer hands with a comment, awful. And I don't need to hear the talking heads have a sober conversation about, you know what? This really puts it all into perspective. You didn't have that perspective already? I mean, by the way, you know that they're, you showed up to either watch it in person or you turned your TV on or you put some money down on it at the book with the understanding that they're going to be running into each other, right? This is, this is the damage, the collateral damage of the sport we love. You're trying to have it both ways. This weird, I'm not a Catholic. If I don't know if that's ever come up before, but I'm not, but I, it feels to me like what I see in movies when people go into the confessional and tell the priest, these people are trying to have their cake and eat it too. They they want to keep on watching football. There's no threat that they're going to stop watching football. The networks aren't going to give up covering football. The the, the the talking heads are going to keep on flapping their gums about what how it's a great game and all that kind of stuff. So really, they're going to keep doing it, but they have to let you know in the meantime, they have some amount of guilt that they have to purge. And they announce it in the public forum. I've had it. I get it. It's terrible what happened to Tua. How many updates do I need during the game about Tua? And by the way, then he puts his head down, lowers it, and gets bonked in the side of the head, and nothing changes. At least Collinsworth and Tariko did feel in the moment 
that maybe they shouldn't be like, hey, this guy's a gamer. They actually said, like, I don't know if that's a smart thing for Tua to be doing when he got bonked on the side of the head in the second half of uh, of Sunday night football. But for the most part, the ongoing gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands about the about the I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's that's the that's what is going to happen on every single play. They're going to run into each other. Please stop trying to have it both ways. Turn off your TV or stop flapping your gums and ruining my my entertainment. Check and one. I, Check one. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it stinks. I, I, I'm sorry that they get hurt. It's terrible. But Check they, they made that. the calculation that it's worth it. They understand generational worth is worth my physical well-being. Sheck wants the play-by-play to guy, guy to go, get the cart. Get him off the field. Let's go. It's a ball game. I mean, Let's go. Next man up. Next man up. Uh, I mean, kind of, um, not so, really, but I mean, that's just the maudlin, well, like, oh, it, you know, you obviously the injuries, it's so wild because right, no matter what you bet on, no matter what you prognosticated, like you're just one injury away from looking like an idiot because that team is completely transformed now that those guys aren't playing. And like when I, when I, I mean, I, the Chargers did not play well in their win over the Broncos, but I'm like this thing's got to get fixed. Like, and I felt like, so my thing was like chargers underperforming Seahawks overperforming. This is a perfect storm. The chargers are going to get right. The Seahawks are going to come back to earth and, and the Chargers are going to cover that, that six. Five minutes into the game. It's like, Oh, they're the completely inferior team to the Seahawks. They're, they're, they're the Seahawks are better in every phase of the game than, than the chargers. And when JC Jackson went down, I realized as you and I both spent the whole summer talking about our Chargers Super Bowl tickets, that when I was handicapping the Chargers, I was like, okay, obviously Herbert, Eckler, and Allen, that that's that they're gonna move the ball at will. And then Bosa, Mac, JC Jackson, Samuel, like you have lockdown corners and guys who have to be doubled. There's no way that this defense is is not gonna dominate with this personnel. Well, Bosa went down. J.C. Jackson had barely gotten healthy. He's down for the season. Their defense is not very good because they lost good players. That's that's how that works. Keenan Allen went down immediately. That you know Herbert had to throw fifty-seven passes for two hundred and thirty-eight yards against the Broncos. Like they're they're bad because many of their key players are not playing. Doesn't doesn't stop me from yelling at Brandon Staley. Doesn't it? Does I don't like it. He does listen. He does bear some of uh, uh, clearly, obviously, as a head coach, uh, some responsibility there. The, they've had a couple of real stinkers in Los Angeles. The Texans that was in LA, right? That they got whipped. The uh, that they uh, got whipped, and then Seattle. Um, no, they they uh, they held on against the Texans, right? Oh yeah, well they. they Oh, the Jags. I'm sorry. The Jags. They blew they got a big lead against the Texans. but Right. They, they got whipped by the Jags in L.A. I'm sorry. I have my uh, teams that I underrated. You're, um, you're, embarrassing uh, you're the team that I thought was going to the South Super teams. Bowl again. But, yeah, by the way, a, a, a quick go to the week, too. I like the trades. It's kind of fun. It changes what we understood to be the way football seasons go. You just didn't see big-time trades until about 10 years ago. Herschel Walker uh, notwithstanding. So I guess it's fun, but from a gambling standpoint, you're really in the dark. You're really flying blind. Like, 
Well, you didn't tell me you were going to trade that guy away from your team or else I wouldn't have bet your season win total over that. I didn't know halfway through the year you're just going to throw your hands in the air and give up. It is a little unsatisfying betting those season uh, But win that losses. is what's so insane about that Panthers-Buccaneers result because the Panthers yes. have announced we are not trying. We are not trying to win football games. And Tom Brady and his Buccaneers are so bad that they can't score more than three points against a team that has already capitulated on the season. What the hell? What in what the, hell? the hell? I mean, uh, Jay, uh, PJ Walker beat Tom Brady? Remember when Tom Brady was like, he never would, he would never lose to a young quarter. That just doesn't happen. I mean, Brady. Trubisky and PJ Walker back to back. Back to back. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CZRFULL and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT. Step, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
spaghetti, you're goat and goat. Okay, well, I'm going to start with the positive one here, and uh, I'm going to go NHL, and I want to go congratulations to Phil Kessel for being the official NHL Ironman um, Monday night, tied the record, Keith Yandel, former uh, Ranger, Coyote, um, 989 games tied, it breaks the record, Tuesday night, 990 games, and this is for a forward that is like he's very good. Like, it's not like this is a guy that played in the fourth line. didn't have a lot of minutes. Like Phil Kessel was a premier, uh, and he still is an impactful player, two time cup winner, um, dealt with cancer. Like, and the best part too, is like, you're in the most violent physical sport. And this is not even a guy that like takes care of his body outside of the game. Like he is known for drinking like Coca-Cola between periods and eating hot dogs between periods. Like he looks like a guy you'd see at the local bar. Um, so good job, Phil Kessel. Um, he's 34. Too. When you see him, look at look at his receding yeah. hairline. The hairline, yeah. <laughs> Thirteen <laughs> years ago, de- debut with the Maple Leafs, still going strong with the Knights right now. Awesome job, Phil Kessel. I, uh, I will say this: he does take care of his body by never checking anybody. That's, well, yeah, that's, he's not known for his way to play. He, he can score yeah, though. Can play for a long time, if you never uh, get touched or touch. He uh, it, it still deserves some credit because there's a lot of guys on that list that are you know iffy and you have some. I mean, Yandel too I doing it. He wasn't, I can't believe he wasn't a healthy scratch for not back checking. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm still going to give him credit. And uh, my bad goat now. This, Bill Castle this, did not think he was going to tune into this podcast and get blasted by the henchman. <laughs> what the hell? He's in his car right now. I thought these guys talked football. I thought I was safe. <laughs> no, I had, I had to give him a shout out. Um, and the, the my bad goat here, this is probably not surprising, and I'm, I'm sure Hanch will have some thoughts on this, but I, I, it's my New York Yankees. It's again losing to the Astros. It's again <laughs> falling under uh, expectations. And this is a team that everyone makes fun of. They're run by these these this boardroom, this analytics guys. And uh, I'm, I'm just not ready for another offseason of, of, oh, fire cash and fire boo. And my issue, obviously, number one, is you have Aaron Judge, who has one of the best offensive seasons in, in recent MLB history. And now you have people who are like, oh, he's he bats 210 in the playoffs, so we shouldn't bring him. Like, just disregard completely of the 162-game season, the guy that should be the next captain of the Yankees, the guy that could be the next, you know, the, will be the face of the franchise for a very long time and they want to move on from him because of uh of just you know obviously they had some injuries i think the series would have went differently a little bit if they had dj lemayhew and andrew benintendi some guys that are more contact hitters but again that goes back to the, the bad roster construction get guys that are not home runs or or walks or strikeouts we need guys that are more contact hitters and really what it comes down to too is that especially the playoffs, it's, it's all about pitching. It's all about bolster. The Yankees had one of the best bullpens in, you know, prior years now, not as much. And you need to have a full, you know, five man rotation, all very strong, a strong bullpen, at least four arms that could, that could throw in- innings and get you out of a jam. And they haven't had that. And it, I'm just not ready for this. And now the giants are saying they're not going to be outbid. The Dodgers are going to say they're going to move Mookie best to the second base to get Aaron judge. Like this is a massive problem. And I know this sounds like I'm um, complaining when uh, if you're an Orioles fan or a Texas Rangers fan, obviously you're like, this is a problem that I wish I could or have. Who else? Who else? Who else is, the pirates, who else is in the Pirates, the Pirates, the Pirates, the Pirates. So I understand I sound snobby here, but obviously the Yankees have expectations. And just to lose this Astros team, that those are some winnable games. And they, they had timely hitting. And I'm just uh, – it's going to be a very, very long, strange offseason. One of the one of the more pivotal offseasons in Yankees, a recent Yankees history. Uh, Hank, I want you to talk about it. I want you to give you the floor. Two things, if you didn't see it, as of 
uh, earlier in the week, and we'll see. Um, I guess the early indica- indications are that Cashman and uh, Boone are going to be brought back. So that's funny um, for Yankees fans. I know are not aren't excited about that. But you but you missed the big story, the greatest shame of all. They went Aaron Boone before Game Four. Red Sox gathers the fellas around the clubhouse. And shows them highlights of the Boston Red Sox 2004 rally from 3-0 down against the New York Yankees? What the hell? I mean, I would be like, it's, I'm tempted to say it's like Bo Beckler trying to rally the Wolverines by showing them Woody highlight, Woody Hayes highlights of the Buckeyes destroying the Wolverines in the, in the previous year or 10 years prior. But it's not even that because Really, over the course of a hundred plus years, the the story is that the Yankees own the Red Sox. So this is really like Chaz Noel, the Emperor Chaz Noel, being like, "Hey, did you see what Sam Ritigliano did a couple of years ago? We need some of that in this locker room, Steelers." It's insane. It's disgraceful. But if you're on the Red Sox side of things, this makes the whole season worthwhile, right? Forever. <laughs> that happens. It's, it's so insane. Given how how the Red Sox were this year, like like they were they were just terrible and and terrible in an uninteresting way and and trapped and like how are we going to get good and we're going to lose good players before we're good and it's just an awful season. What nothing could redeem this season, or so I thought, or so I thought that what the Yankees achieved for Red Sox fans was the equivalent of the Red Sox winning the World Series. Like the idea that they were strapped down clockwork orange style with their eyes pinned open to watch the 2004 ALCS. Like this is us winning the World Series. And then they go out and get swept. Like, oh yeah, remember they won four straight against us. And now the Astros have won four straight against us. It was, I couldn't believe all the things that were happening that, believe me, Pirates fans had a better season than Yankees fans. Everybody had a better season than the Yankees. Like the, the Yankees season that to lose to the, the second most evil empire. And obviously a lot of people would argue an even more evil empire, the Astros, like it, the way they lost Spaghetti's right. They were in three of those games. And, and so, I mean, Bader and judge both backing off the ball. Torres gets a routine double play ball. Like, he, there, you know, it's like kind of falafel wants it on the other side of the bag, but like all these little tiny things that had to happen. I mean, the corpse of Josh Donaldson and the corpse oh. of Matt Carpenter, like between them not being able to put the ball in play, like it was an <laughs> for Red Sox fans. Like it was incredible. <laughs> Every single thing they did and didn't do in order to get swept by a team that they would probably less rather lose to than the Red Sox, right? This, if all you want, if what, I imagine this is what fentanyl feels like. The slow pan of sad Yankee fans after another playoff flame out against the Astros. Like it was, I, I mean, obviously me and, and, and Red Sox Nation just texting each other like, we were winning the World Series here. This is the greatest. This is the greatest experience of our lives. Just how miserable. And I cannot improve on Michael Kay's rant about the the mental health coach deciding to show it'd be a good idea to show the guys 
the oh, one, I, miss, I didn't know that that was, I thought it was Aaron a, Boone. The Yankees employ a mental health coach who whose idea it was to show them the car crash, the worst the worst moment in franchise history over the course of four days. Um, hmm. So yeah, just well, wait. So the crisis manager from Adidas probably is going to be relieved as his or uh, of his or her duties based on needing needing a week to to figure out the the pros and cons of the Kanye uh, anti semitism. Um, so maybe to, that mental health coach can go to Adidas. I don't know. I'm just trying to make everything work for everybody. Can I add to like right. with the? I thought that if the Yankees on like with the first round, you get the first round by, you get Cleveland. Cleveland really can't score an offense. Their offense is pretty miserable. And then you have like you know the Josh Naylor, I'm your daddy, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, man, if they lose it. This is going to be as really as bad as it gets. Dead wrong. Like it would have been better actually if the Yankees did lose to the to the the Guardians in round one or the divisional round rather than have to face the Astros get swept loose them yet again and then because like you would have avoided the whole you know the Red Sox uh, uh, mental health coach thing you would have avoided a lot you would have avoided seeing Josh Donaldson keep striking out when Josh Donaldson was getting paid like almost as much as Bryce Harper who's now in the World Series um, and, and yeah Matt Carpenter rushing him back from injury guy clearly not right uh, he struck out like every at bat um, it's just the roster construction was just so poor for these like Yale guys who are sitting in this like this room this analytics room and it just there's no character and i'm not going to go as far as these dumb like wfan callers who are like oh you know jeter gm and dynamically head coach like running back Yan- former yankees and positions of prominence doesn't necessarily equate to uh good results but the, the, there's clearly something going wrong with this uh with this makeup of this roster and um i you know it's just like i said it's going to be a very very strange offseason Oh, grim. I mean, just just hysterically grim with the the Red Sox highlights. What the hell? I mean, I I can't imagine. And you know what's great to think about? I didn't hear the Michael K rant, uh, so so I won't go on and on. But just imagine George Steinbrenner and Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin and Thurman Munson being made aware of that. What would their reaction be? Jump ahead to more modern times. What's Derek Jeter think about that? He must be like, What's wrong with you, man? You you're not allowed in the in the stadium anymore. Whoever had anything to do with that is now here by ban because that is a disgrace. We sit atop the baseball mountain. You don't invoke any other team, let alone the Red Sox doing something that as an example of how we the New York Yankees should do it. It's outrageous. If I were a Yankees hey guys, fan, guys, you guys, I would be hey, everybody sick. gather around. You guys remember? Hey, do you remember the greatest choke in sports history? Well, let's show it. <laughs> and, and maybe that could maybe that could happen to the Astros. It's like, of course, it wouldn't happen to the Astros. And and I, I, I'm apologizing and will be for the rest of the year on our first uh, podcast after the All Star break. My first best bet was Astros plus four fifty. Mm. win the world series the yankees wow. were plus, yankees were plus 300 and i was like the astros are better than the yankees these numbers are messed up now the astros went into new york and swept them i think right away and, and those numbers fell immediately but what was so crazy and i don't have to remind spaghetti but um so you know in these playoff series especially when starters don't go that deep you keep going like Man, this Astros bullpen must be getting kind of gassed, right? We we're seeing these guys every day. No, here comes another guy that throws a hundred that you forgot was on the roster. 
Like when Stanek came in, I literally forgot he was on the team and he's just dotting the black 99-99 striking out the side. And it's like you they just have an endless parade of guys who throw 100 on the black and you're like, when does it end? So I want to come up with any reason to pick the Phillies, including the fact that those four boppers at the top of the lineup are tremendous. And anytime you have a lineup where, where John Segura is your eighth place hitter, that's a deep lineup. But then I go, oh, these Astros will, all, the, the pitcher will always have a huge edge. Every pitcher the Astros send out is, is, is another insane strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, so I, I can't, I can't talk myself into the Phillies, but what a good, uh, what a good segue to best bets. I agree. Are you gonna, so are you going to hedge and take the Phillies plus 170 to win the series outright? The uh, game one isn't until Friday, Zach Wheeler against Verlander. I always look at that. You know, I am obsessed by the, the notion of the curse of Sposta, and I admire most. Underdog stories, great. The guy who is expected to do it, when he does it, as Bryce Harper did it in Philly, magical moment there for all of time if you're a Philly sports fan, hitting that home run. Verlander in this series, short series in baseball, I feel like I know that the Astros are deeper than that, as you just said, Hench. But don't you kind of feel like if the Phillies, psychologically, it's kind of like, I guess, the Dodgers down, you know, with Kirk Gibson on one leg. Like, if we could beat Dave Stewart in game one, we're in good shape the rest of the way here. I feel like that with the Phillies here. It's a massive game one. I'm resentful of any team from Philadelphia presenting itself as the one that we have to root for as a nation for any, under any circumstance, shame the devil, especially with a big game for the Steelers going into. Um, All right. How about this? this? How about especially this? bitter, but what's your, your so, so this, this is a good, this will be a good best bet. Okay. Zach Wheeler plus one forty four game one. Yeah. Then you, then you jump over to the Astros at the, at the better price after they lose game one. Okay, I'm in. Right. Count me in for that. Spaghetti, your World Series pick. Um, you're just not going to watch out of pro. T- you should. I'm, watch. I'm, definitely, really I'm definitely not watching. I know that makes me a bad sports fan, too, because like no. I, did, I didn't watch. I, I get so angry and upset when I see like my teams lose that I can't bring. My, I, I, I didn't watch games uh, games three and games four of the ALCS. Like, I can't watch if I know my team is going to lose. It makes me sick. Um, I, but, well, I do like. I got, hey, Spaghetti, I got a great DVD I can send you from yeah. the 2004 <laughs> ALCS. Please do. Send it. I need that. I actually I need to uh, be. Uh, uh, and like that's ugh, I, I can't even get over that. But I, I like six and a half as a total on this game. I do think both teams will be tight. I do see this as like a four two three two game one. So I do like the under runs there. Batting average across baseball in the playoffs is not great. Uh, again, the Astros have some guys hitting over three hundred, but the bulk of their lineup is hitting in like the low to mid two hundreds. Um, just a lot of timely hitting. So I, I think that's going to happen in game one. I, I am going to pick the Astros because uh, I will say I don't know if there's like a curse of supposed to. Dave, but I mean, the Astros only have one World Series victory with all these consecutive years of reaching the World Series or the ALCS. And that one yeah. World Series victory is kind of, I mean, it's Astros. They, they cheated. And um, so they, they, there is some pressure on the Astros to win a, a clean uh, World Series here. So I, I will pick them, but I'm hoping it's a lot closer than uh, it, would, it may be. I think it's, you're right it, about it that. I don't. Be, it shouldn't be an asterisk when everyone knows what happened. The whole paragraph 
should appear. You shouldn't have to like, you know, an asterisk is like, oh, and then you go down to the bottom of the page to find out what happened. It should just be the whole paragraph and then the Wikipedia entry on the on the asterisk. I'm sorry if the, if Houston sports fans don't like this reality, but it is the reality. It's I've said it a million times and it feels like I'm trying to get Hench or our other Boston sports fans go by saying it. Uh, same thing as steroid users. This thing of the asterisk, it's there. We know the Astros. Nobody likes the Astros. I'm sorry for their players that nobody is rooting for you, but you did what you did, Altuve, and hitting the jersey and everything else. I'm sorry, that stink is on you, but I think Spaghetti is right. It's one thing to say the uh, Minnesota Vikings on the 2022 roster, you man. Super Bowl era, you guys have never gotten a Lombardi. Don't you have to get over that? Like, I don't care what happened in 1975. The current Astros care what's happening. That's right. It's like the Atlanta Braves in the 90s. That's an extra hill that gets in the way of where you want to get to. And it, um, it's wild for the for the holdovers. I mean, the 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 three guys. Um, you know, if you're if you're Bregman. And you know, you knew what was coming. And there's a couple of like when you watch the the 2017, like change ups away in a really good location and he just rockets it to right center. You're like, wow, how is that possible? Now, he had a great series with some huge hits where he presumably didn't know what was coming. And it's like if you're Bregman, wouldn't you like to not have this piano on your back for the rest of your career? Like you're like, yeah, you knew now we know you knew and, and we can't really celebrate your great series because you're that guy forever. That's right. That's why Belichick is your go to the week for those videotapes from the early part of the millennium. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right. Let's get into our best bets of the weekend. And I want to start with that Keystone Bowl over there in Philadelphia, the borderline juggernaut, six weeks of game action through here. Eagles undefeated, laying 11, 11 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Almost pulled out victory in Miami to get the three and four, thereby making themselves relevant in the AFC North. It's very likely it's it's gone now. There's no shot at the North now with the Bengals and Ravens, you know, now sitting at four, three, three, and four. Can make a case that flawed as they are, but to the here and now. 
Hedge, Steelers, plus 11. You going to touch that? Uh, that's a big stay away for me. But if I was going to weigh in on it, uh, I probably would take those points because that defense has been keeping them in games. But you're like, how many points can that offense score? Which which makes it a, a, a stay away for me. Um, you know, it, it's really a pity. I, I don't have to tell you that the Steelers didn't win that game after, uh. after Coach McDaniel proved yet another genius mind who doesn't know how to coach NFL football. Like, obviously, you run on third and three. You run some. You run some kind of a play where the clock will run. Like, there's all. There's still tons of options, by the way. Jet sweep. If Ty, you know Tyreek. I mean, there's there's. A bunch of plays you can run that are not Tua throws it to the defense again, <laughs> and then and then he drops it. And I agree stops. that you got to you you know a guy like Tua you have to hit him. And as soon as they did put a lick on him, for what it's worth, that was it. He fell off the cliff for the rest of the night. Do- unstoppable offense. Then they put a hit on him, and Minka Fitzpatrick lit up uh, Mostert, and that was the point where the offense just stopped doing stuff in Miami. That's still. Again, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable by being politically incorrect, but hitting guys hard does have an impact. I hear you. The other one I want to talk about, yeah, I'm not. that's a stay away for me. Um, I can't make sense of an 11-point number, but we have to address the big one. Packers at Bills, who would have thought the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers would be catching 11.5 from anyone on planet Earth, but here they are going into Buffalo. How say you, Hench? Total on that one, 47 and a half. Uh, it's so funny. As the, as that debacle in the nation's capital concluded, I guessed 11 and a half with Sal. I texted hmm. him 11 and a half and then said, am I, is that insane? Am I like a prisoner of the moment? Is it going to be seven and I'm going to look stupid because 11 and a half is incur- is insane if you think about a month ago, right, or five weeks ago. Sure. So um, the Packers are bad. They're bad, and and I and I don't. I, I it's hard to figure out why they're so bad. But um, bad teams don't go up there and uh, stay within two scores. So that that is one game where I would lay all that heavy lumber. Uh, I think on- I'm with you. Yes, I am taking the Bills in this one, and. I, I want to take the Steelers because they keep it close, but I will go back to that game very quickly uh, with this. I think the best thing, Mc, McDaniels applying the analytics, except at 16-10, not taking the short field goal when you see what the Steelers' offense is doing, or more accurately, not doing all night long. To go up two scores, you that feel... That was even prob- more insane. You're right. You're you right. feel that like was- you're in probably good shape, but I also think that was bad for... Oh. Like Tomlin, because it gave him the sense of like, this is how I want to win games. I want to knuckleball it. I want to I want to depress scoring and scratch out, uh, you know, a, a, a one score game, win it in the fourth quarter and celebrate. I think if they if it would have gotten to 1910, it would have been game over and maybe it would it would make Tomlin hit the gas a little bit more. I know I keep saying that since T.J. Watt went down, but that's what they need. They must change their approach. This like. We're just going to tamp down the other team and make everything ugly, and we're going to try to win the game 13 to 11. Just it, it ain't going to work out. I think it would have been better long term, knowing especially the result of the game, for them to just have, have kind of gotten 
not whipped again like they did by Buffalo. But I don't know that you can put your foot on the gas if the guy driving the car is limited. I get it, but but my point is that you go for it on fourth downs instead of kicking field goals at 13-0. I mean, what's the thought there? You're going to get it to 13-3? I mean, there's no way you could conjure the sequence of events that made it when Pickett got the ball with two minutes ago. Like, they can win the game now? This is crazy. There was no evidence of that. That's the spot at 13-0. You go for it in that spot if if you're the Steelers with a limited offense and you finally have it down fairly close to the to the goal line of Miami. Anyhow, Spaghetti, your picks on uh, Dolphins and uh, – I mean on uh, Steelers, Eagles, and uh, Packers, Bills. I wish – I mean if I could stay away from both, I would. Uh, my lean, I guess, would be probably to actually take – I've been going against the Steelers in these big lines, but I probably would take the Steelers um, if I had to with the points – for as for Bills Packers, that's that's another big line. I mean, I get until the Packers go out and get a receiver, they go get a DJ Moore or or Judy or someone like that to help Aaron Rodgers out. Um, I think they're going to continue to struggle as we saw in the loss of the Commanders. The I mean, Bills, what are the chances that double digit numbers like that in the NFL? With you know, I don't think the the Steelers are are worse than the Packers at this point, but you know they're not bum teams. No, um, and maybe they're they're not just abject garbage. I don't think both of those can't come true. But I, but of course, I look at the number and they go, oh, well, Bills should house this Packers team. Yeah, I don't uh, know. They, Aaron Jones look good, but my lean would be Bills and and Steelers. I think is the is going forward. And yeah, I think Kenny Pickett also with with Najee Harris has not done anything, and Kenny Pickett I know had some bad throws but I, I think in time he'll get better and that receiving core is still pretty legit on 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 Pittsburgh and uh, I don't I yeah I this is a tough tough games this is gonna be a tough week I think with picks but I would lean lean bills lean Steelers speaking of lean I want to lean into a couple more NFC games here and then uh, we can run through if anybody has bets that they particularly like you can throw them out but Niners at Rams um uh, the the way the Chiefs came in there and, and and just mopped them up was, I mean, in a way, like, well, I always like to laugh at people who root for college football conferences. Um, hey, Tennessee's good, yeah, but you, you're from uh, you're from Arkansas. You can't take pride in that. I think the entire NFC should be ashamed. This is your best team. This might be the best team in the conference, and they didn't come close to hanging with KC there. The Rams at home are are uh, plus one and a half against those Niners. Hench, how say you in this one? That's actually one. one of, that's one of my best bets. I like oh, I is. like the Niners to continue I do their, too. their mastery of the Rams. I, I yep. you know I said it when you introduced the segment of like who of these three and three teams who who isn't you know as bad or as good as their record. And I I said the Niners. I knew they had this tough matchup. I, I just think you got to just exclude the Chiefs from the conversation. Like they're they're on another planet. So it's like I think McCaffrey gets the full package of plays. He's the perfect player for that QB. He's like he's yet another guy that you can get yards without having to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. So I think as uh, as McCaffrey gets folded in with those other weapons, little signs of life from Kittle or did he make it through the game without getting hurt? It's a miracle. But, you know, I, I still like the Niners. I'm just giving him a pass on that blowout last week. Uh, that's one of my best bets. 
I'm with you on that one. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. I mean, it's it's as decisive a head-to-head as, as there is between two halfway decent teams. Obviously, one's the defending Super Bowl champs. Big game there. The other one is the underdog. Where did the hell did either one of these two teams come from? The Giants at the Seahawks. Eddie Spaghetti is making the trip up to the Pacific Northwest, in fact, to witness this one live and in person. The Giants are catching three points in one of the best venues in the NFL. Total on that one is 45 at the time of this recording. Hench, how say you? Well, um, I, I guess I'll I'll take reluctantly, I'll take I'll take the points in that one because um I do think, you know, even though he's he's not what he was. DK does require a lot of attention and that that makes life a little bit easier on a defense that's been excellent. Um, and so I feel like Danny Dimes, Saquon, another another tight, tight, close game. And if it's going to be close, you want to be the team that's getting three points. Um, okay, my other ones there, and I want to get well, spaghetti. Let me hear spaghetti's of- thoughts on this game. Okay, well, go you go ahead now. I thought I assume that's in his best best. Is he not allowed to talk about it because he's going to it? Well, I will. I, I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys on the Niners. I think it's gonna be a home field advantage game, and also uh, I think McCaffrey getting adjusted is gonna improve. It'll help Jimmy G out too. Um, and then with the Giants Seahawks game, uh, I am taking the Giants plus three, one of my best bets. They kept every game to one score this this year. Um, I think that game last week versus the Jaguars, like yes, they had some you know good time uh, turnovers, but the roughs did not help them at all at the end of that game. So a lot closer than it should have been. DK Metcalf um, avoided knee surgery. But he doesn't seem he's not has not practiced this week and may not practice at all. Uh, so Pete Carroll says that you know they're leaving it open, but I don't even know if if he's going to play this game. So that's going to help um, the Giants out big time. And you know there the, there is a worry about the Giants allow a lot of yards on the ground defensively. I, I mean Travis Etienne had a solid game. I know Kenneth Walker is a, in a, a nice rookie for the Seahawks, but I think it, the, the Giants could without DK Metcalf, I think it could they're going to be pretty one dimensional. The Seahawks, despite Geno Smith's good year and. And now Dimes may have a weapon in Wondell Robinson, the second round pick, led the team in targets with eight, had six catches. Having him back is going to be uh, great news. So I, I do like the Giants in this game continue to be the underdogs, and they're going to hopefully win this game and have a pretty light schedule upcoming plus the bye. So it's a good time to be a Giants fan. You know what? You know what's an even bigger sign of disrespect to the Giants than the three points they're getting despite being six and one? They keep assigning Chris Myers to their games. Like, come on, man! Mm-hmm. This team, That's this team is, a, is the biggest, the biggest market in the country, and they're six and one. Let's go! Let's get it! Let's get the A team. Let me offer these up here. I think this is talk about what did what happened last week impacting the number. The Jags I wrote down this morning were giving three to the visiting Broncos, um, or no? I'm sorry. Well, it's in London, so it's not a home game per se but um uh either way the broncos didn't look uh, they well, i guess they looked like they have all year long which is meh and the jags lose at home that number is weird to me the Jags should be a bigger favorite there it's already down to two and a half so it, it's a weird line i should kind of lean to the to the Broncos because it's so weird, but I'm going to stick with the Jags there. Miami and Detroit will go over 51 and a half. The Raiders cover the two Arizona and the Vikings go under 49 Tennessee 
and the Texans in the Oilers Bowl go under 40. And we already talked about the Rams and the Niners there. Last thing, well, let me tell you also, if just to be a completionist, I like the Irish plus three. I like Ohio State laying 15 and a half. And I like uh, in the outdoor cocktail party, Florida and Georgia to go over 56 and a half. But last thing, Hench, in the game of life, blending with the with sports, uh, a controversy has emerged. I'm not sure if you're aware of it on the Extra Points Network. I said just glibly, I could throw a football for it. Like if we had a decathlon, I could throw a football further than anybody. I wasn't thinking about the fact that there's a Coley family as a bunch of high school quarterbacks in there. And I was forgetting that one guy played pro football, Will Blackman. So there are some other candidates who might now throw me. And I'll include you in that too, Hench. That you could probably throw a football further than me. I don't know, though. Not positive. You're a much better athlete overall. But do you definitely throw Jack, it farther? This is insane. This is insane. Well, but how do I know if you throw You throw it harder than me. I've watched you play shortstop, but I don't know if you throw Jack, it farther than I do. He's got a rocket at shortstop, but who knows if he can throw a football. Check. I, I don't know. Maybe your small you mitts would, are going to catch up with you. You would get the bronze in a th- football throwing contest on this podcast. How are you Agreed. saying that you? How do you know what? I, you don't know anything. Stop showing off for spaghetti. Spaghetti shows off by saying, "Oh, I could throw it from. I could. I'll throw it because I could throw it sixty yards from one knee." I never said. I, I mean, don't like, like south at six. I said. I said get it close to midfield, and I have done it before. In when I was in high school, college, I just I get angry at your claims that you just casually like. Oh yeah, I could throw it further than Eddie. Like, there's just no way you can. There's there's just no way you can. Shaq, you might, you Why might get you angry. Yeah, this is not a guarantee, but you might be able to win a left-handed throwing contest on this podcast. Might. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why it makes you feel good to diminish me. I, I don't know what, what, what you get you out of it. You brought it up. You brought it up. Your rocket arm, this legendary rocket arm. I think I could throw it between 35 and 40. Sal has the over under on 33, or what do you say, 32? Well, then you're definitely going to lose. I've thrown a ball from the 45, the opposite 45 yard line into the end zone. Um, So that's 57. What what age were you? uh, I was, you know, I was young, but your arm doesn't, you know, except for Brady, your arm doesn't go that much. And Matt Ryan. Um, But. I mean, there have been more Loch Ness sightings than sightings of your great arm. Like this, this legend. Of- I didn't say it was a great arm. I said it's. I have a fine arm. I I'm not athletic, so when you see me throw the ball, you're like, oh, well, you can throw you it better. Said than in I a, in a giant podcast company that includes high school quarterbacks and professional football players, I have the best arm. You that maybe can be perceived as bragging. Screw all. I, you're all creeps, and I don't care, and I'm done talking to everybody. But I do appreciate everybody tuning in to everything on the Extra Points Network, especially this show, Minus 3, Cooking with Gas, also Mr. Lister every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, and Eddie Spaghetti on Waiver Wired. You know all the shows on the Extra Points Network. If you don't, Pay a visit to extrapoints.com. Get in there, play against us, with us in the NFL weekly pick 'em. Hench, are you still the leader there? You are, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I All held right. off. I held off uh, Harry with his. He collapsed in the late games. But uh, two quick picks, two additional picks. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Je- the Brees Hall thing is such a bummer. I, I just it that is. just sucks. Um, but Jets without Brees Hall, 
You want uh, me to play the NFL? You want me to play the Fox uh, on NFL theme music? But I'll do the piano solo version so that so that they know you care about uh, Brees Hall. It's such a bummer. But so the Jets without without Brees Hall and the Patriots with either Mac Jones or Br- Bailey Zappi or both. That game goes under 40 and a half. That's a lock. Um, and then it, because we're getting this podcast in the book so early this week, just want to weigh in on the continued demise of the Bucks and take the Ravens Thursday night uh, to, to, to roll that uh, beleaguered, decimated wreck of a football team in Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, you, we're talking about parody and 11-point favorites Panthers were an eleven-point home dog and blew out the Bucks. This was Mitchell Trubisky can't buck him. In the last two weeks, just real quick. So the Bucks, like you know, I don't know, like you're 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 checking in with various games and you're like the Bucks can't Bucks haven't scored. Bucks can't score. So when you go to the box score, you're expecting some turnovers or a ton of penalties or a ton of sacks. The Bucks allowed one sack. Zero turnovers and minimal offensive penalties. In other words, they couldn't move the ball because Tom Brady has now entered. I mean, you, you remember um, the the Peyton's last season. Obviously, when you when you're not able to drive the ball down the field, the amount of space you have to defend gets smaller, and there are more guys in it. And for Brady. I think that two-headed dragon has caught him, which is maybe some finally some slipping arm strength coupled with the other factor about throwing the ball downfield. You have to be willing to get licked. So when you are when your arm is dropping off and your desire to take a shot is dropping off, you check down so fast. And the only way you see a box score like that Tampa Bay box score is is if that quarterback is checking down immediately. And and I, I got to assume I only watched about 10 plays from that game, but that that box score, it, it should get sent to Canton. I don't even know how. I mean, I know Evans dropped a TD pass, but um, but but other than that, that's, that team is bad. And uh, the Ravens weren't great against the Browns, but uh, I, I think they'll they'll roll Tampa Bay. The boy, you know, it's it's not it's kind of like uh the an offshoot of the boy who cried wolf it wasn't the boy everybody else though for the last decade has been like at some point age is going to catch up with brady it's hard to believe but i think that's it i mean i I was trying to work our way around it and the distractions off the field and everything else he's just a 45 year old man i guess he just can't hang anymore and he plainly has no interest he never did but really really doesn't want anyone getting within 15 feet of him uh it's crazy spaghetti very quickly blow through uh any best bet you have just throwing them out. Um, I do like the Titans taking over Texans. It's only the Titans are only giving two in Houston. I mean, I, I don't know what the Texans are playing for. I wouldn't be shocked if they move uh, Brandon Cooks away from the team. And the Titans aren't, um, you know, they're not a, a world beater, but I think they should, you know, handily win the AFC, uh, AFC South, which brings my next best bet. And why I like the Commanders getting three on the road versus the Colts. Colts have one of the worst offensive lines in football. I believe PFF has it ranked 27th. They're 31st in some analytic rushing um, stuff, but like they're even with Jonathan Taylor Howley, they're not they're not being effective on the ground, which kind of led into why Matt Ryan it was benched. You know, they said shoulder injury. 
starting Sam Ellinger, who was a late round pick, a six round pick, and yes, had a pretty nice college career. I'm not feeling confident about the Colts trotting out this guy to take a commander's team that just had a pretty good win versus the Packers. Um, they could score some points here and they have some nice pieces. I, I just don't see the Colts competing in this game. They clearly want to tank. So I think the, um, the, the commanders win that one. I like the Titans on the road too. All right. Very good. Have a great time up in the Pacific Northwest this weekend, Eddie Spaghetti. But for your mean-spirited words, I hope uh, Hench, I hope Ryan Hoyer is your starter in 2023 for the Patriots. And Spaghetti, I hope Aaron Judge plays for the Metropolitans, the Astros, or the Dodgers, whichever would uh, whichever would bum you out. That, that's that's what you did get for, for saying mean things. All we did was push um, got a bad claim. All right. With that said... It's time we take leave of you, but we'll be back on the other side of the sports weekend to make sense of what we saw and try and pick for you what's going to happen in the coming weekend of sports. Until then, for Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>